Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from San Francisco Bay. Today is Wednesday, December 20th, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting for A Vision for You. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page five, the fifth paragraph, shortly after I came home drunk, and we're going to read through two paragraphs. Today's readers are Lindsay T. on the 12 Steps, Sherry K.B. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Carrie S., Mo H., and Liat T.D. And at the end of the hour, if you stick around, uh, we have the newcomer greeter, which will be Melanie C. The share ID for Tuesday, December 19th, 10 a.m., is 10817-10817. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Wednesday, December 20th at 7 a.m. is 10818-10818. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lindsay T. to read the 12 steps. Lindsay, star one. Good morning. This is Lindsay T., uh, 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Lindsay T. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 traditions of Overreaders Anonymous. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Overreader. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. 
Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions and reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except for the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page five. It's the fifth paragraph, which begins shortly after I came home drunk. We read through two paragraphs, which ends with, and I did. And I I will now ask Carrie S. to begin our reading. Carrie. Good morning, Sylvia. May I be heard? Yes. Great. Thank you for your service. And happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Carrie S., gratefully recovered in Golden, Colorado. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. There, there had been no fight. Where had my, been my high resolve? I simply didn't know. It hadn't even come to mind. Someone had pushed a drink my way, and I had taken it. Was I crazy? I began to wonder. For such an appalling lack of perspective seemed near being just that. Renewing my resolve, I tried again. Some time passed and confidence began to be replaced by cocksuredness. I could laugh at the gin mills. Now I had what it takes. One day, I walked into a cafe to telephone. In no time, I was beating on the bar, asking myself how it had happened. As the whiskey rose to my head, I told myself I would manage better next time. 
but I might as well get good and drunk. And I did. Just starting my time. So uh, living no longer sideways here in Golden, Colorado. This is Carrie S. Um, yeah, Bill, he, he needs to do something he has never done to get something that he's never had. He needs to change because what he's doing right now is not serving him. He is going over and over again. He, where had his whole high resolve been? Uh, it's, it's getting lost in his mental twist. The uh, amnesia that the illness the, of addiction causes us, causes me. Um, and was I crazy? I began to wonder um, because I didn't have perspective. I, um, so how closely can I connect with Bill? And for me, the word connection is, is much more of a, using the language of the heart, so to speak, uh, versus identifying. I understand that's what we're, we're asked to do. But can I connect with Bill? Um, food was acting like my solution. Just like we see Bill here, the drink is his solution. He's going back to the bar. He's picking up again. And um, for me, I, you know, I cannot just have one. That's talking about my physical allergy. So what is it like to live with a physical allergy? Um, I am the walking dead. I am not present with people that I love. I, I'm constantly thinking about um, because there, it triggers my mental obsession, the, the mental twist. And so my thinking had to be changed because I didn't have an eating problem. I had a thinking problem. And here we see Bill is in remorse, horror. He has rising nerves. He thinks the liquor will fix it. Uh, I always thought the food was going to fix it. And it was just that first seven seconds of, you know, ah, the, the, uh, being anesthetized by the food. Um, and then oblivion. I'm gone for the rest of the day. I can't have one thing off my meal plan without just being gone for the rest of the day. So abstinence does suck if if I can't find the spiritual awakening that I get from working the 12 steps. And so if you're out there and you're not connecting and you're you're hearing all the differences versus and versus the similarities Find somebody that will crack open this big book with you and just ask. It's a willingness. And so with that, um, just living in the sunlight of the spirit in Colorado, without a pass. Thank you, Carrie S. So we're on page five and um, the fifth paragraph for two paragraphs. And who would like to share? Take it easy, one. Laura W. Mindy R. Mindy R. Leah T. D. Okay, so I've got uh, I've got Laura W. and I had someone that I missed. Then Liat T D. Then Mo H. Who did I miss right Mindy, in there? Mindy. Mindy R. Mindy R. Kaylee thank R. you. Kaylee so R. I have Laura W. Mindy R. Liat T D. Mo H. And who else? Kaylee R. Kaylee. Yes. Okay, I got you, Kaylee R. Kathleen O. And Kathleen O. And who is that last person? Barbara E. 
Barbara E. Okay, yeah. let's let's stop there. I've got a nice lineup of seven people. Laura W., Mindy R., Liat T.D., Mo H., Kaylee R., Kathleen O., and Barb E. Let's start with Laura W., followed by Mindy R. Thanks, Sylvia. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good morning, everyone. It's Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic, and Exercise Bulimic in South Jersey. Where had been my high resolve? Somebody reminded me this morning on the 7 a.m. line that resolve means to resolve like I'm trying to resolve my life. I'm trying to fix it myself. I'm trying to do it all and pull myself up by my bootstraps and once again try to get back on track. And, you know, something about getting back on track for me was I'm still going to get run over if I'm not moving forward. And moving forward is working through these steps swiftly, quickly, thoroughly, um, you know, he talks about going into a uh, a bar or a place that sells alcohol uh, to make a phone call. And he was not spiritually fit at this time. Thank you, God, that today I can go in any place uh, to and, – and I can bake, I can cook, I can make, I can touch stuff. I, I don't eat it. I don't want it. However, if I'm not spiritually fit – I mean, I better, I better think twice before I walk into a Dunkin' Donuts to make a phone call or, or think twice before, you know, it's like you're not going to go into a, um, a chocolate shop to, um, to buy a cup of coffee. And, and I love how they say, you know, eventually if you sit in a barbershop, you're going to get a haircut. So this guy, Bill, is not spiritually fit. He wants to do it over and over again by himself, and he feels that because he's been sober – for a certain amount of time, he's got it licked. And I've thought that for years. I've got this. I can fix this. Or I can stop any time. And let me just lose a few more pounds to give me some cushions so that I can go have a binge and not gain weight. And that vicious cycle, that obsession of the mind, over and over and over again was exhausting. And today I'm grateful to have so much more time in my day. I know there's still 24 hours in a day, but I feel like I have so much more time in my day to be productive and get things done, I go through my day, I have my abstinent meals, and I forget about the food. And that's a miracle. I never once thought in my life that I wouldn't be thinking about food and weight and numbers and exercise. And today I am free, only through working the steps, through going through this book, paragraph by paragraph, getting honest with my sponsor and others, and and relying, most importantly, on my higher power for direction in my life. Thanks for letting me share. I love you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Laura W. Mindy R. followed by Liat TD. Hi, my name is Mindy R. And I'm from outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm a recovering food addict. And um, thank you for this. I was listening to this also early a.m., um, 7 a.m., and picked up a couple things, and I thought I gotta open my mouth and share. I didn't get to my uh, meetings this morning, so um, my face to face, and I'm I'm could relate to this. Don't walk into a place where I don't belong if I'm not spiritually fit and be and have the cockiness. Because when I'm feeling really good and really strong, me, I, I, I. I am in trouble. So right now there's a, you know, with the holidays, there's lots of, lots of junk in my office. And, um, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like breathtaking. <laughs> like I, I walk in and I almost like, <gasps> like have to take a breath. Like I, it just is 
disgusting. <laughs> oh my God. So I have to be in this spiritual fit condition. So I am asking my higher power for help today and um I'm doing what I have to do to take care of myself with my preparing my you know, my myself, my foods, my, you know, just have everything that I need to make sure that I have enough. And um just keep focusing and try not to divert my brain because my brain will never get better if I'm not in pick up that spirituality and that is my hardest part. And the only other thing I wanted to put out there for anybody's listening that is in my situation, um I am looking for support. I have some support in people in LA. I'm looking for support of anybody who has lost a a child to childhood cancer. That's my story and that's it's a difficult time for me right now. If anybody is in that situation or or know somebody in program, I could use their phone numbers. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Mindy R. Liat TD, followed by Mo H. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for everybody on the line. Uh, gosh, my heart goes out to, the, to Mindy. Oh, my sister, I love you. All right, um, okay, so uh, Bill, what I see here, you know, in in previous uh, writings, is the progression of his illness. Um, You know, if we look at the first time when he he drinks and, um, but not to the depth of worry, you know, his wife, he was drinking, his wife saw that something is going on and it's wrong, but he didn't see it. And she would nag him, and um, <clears throat> but uh, he didn't see it. And that's what happened to me, you know, and his drinking progresses where drink becomes an important part of his life, and he drinks all day, all night, and then he starts seeing the physical effects, the jitters, and then life falls apart, you know. He's a successful man, now he is nothing he doesn't work for five years and then he becomes dependent on liquor and you know he had to do it all the time and there was a meeting between dr silkworth and and his wife lewis and he told her that her husband moved across the line from bad habit to obsession and it's so clear to me that that's what happening and this was my experience that at this point bill has an awareness He's no lo- he's drinking, yeah, but he's also aware that he's so doomed. You know, there's hopelessness in the sto- in the writing, I feel. There's hopelessness that, you know, this is never going to change. I am crazy. Um and and this was my experience at some point. I mean, I I ate for many many years and at some point in February 28, 27 at night, I had you know i was in the middle of a binge i had the worst binge of my life but i also was very aware i i felt pain you know the food didn't fix it anymore i felt pain of eating and i have felt the pain of the emotion that i was trying to stuff and i can tell you that this was the best point in my life because after that i couldn't eat anymore i completely surrendered to a food plan and the steps and all that so it is a painful spot 
you know, of that awareness. You're no longer in oblivion. You're really aware that, wow, I am, I am dependent, I'm doomed, I am imprisoned by this disease, and this is not going away. So it's, it's a really good reality. And I love you, truly, I love you all. Have a wonderful uh, Wednesday. Thank you, Liat TD. Mo H. followed by Kaylee R. Good morning. This is Mo H., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Northern California. Can you hear me, Sylvia? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your service, and thank all for being on the line. Wow, this is my story, um, probably everybody's story. Um, I had not heard before... I came in, I came to vision the words identify in and can I identify in with these two paragraphs uh, where um, shortly afterwards I came home drunk, there had been no fight, where had been my high resolve, that was me, uh, the next line renewing my resolve, I tried again, that was the diets I have been on diets since I was 13 years old uh, to all the way in, even into program. Um, I was on the diet. I was off the diet. Uh, off the diet, I would be gaining the weight. On the diet, uh, I was good. I would be losing the weight. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I, um, I, uh, it took me a long, long, long time to really be desperate and to be totally willing to do what I was told to do. And it was two years ago at this time that I was very much into the sugar after not having had it for five years and could not believe how fast that came back and, uh, you know, identifying with Bill what had happened. I don't know what happened. I picked up and, and then I would say, I'll manage better the next time. But I knew this last time, because I had been in program for over 20 years when I picked up again, that my, oh, I forgot to start my timer, Sylvia, please time me. Um, I've got you. That, thank you. That, um, that when I picked up, I could not stop. I could not stop. And thank God I made a phone call. I don't know why I made it to this friend. I, I didn't walk into a cafe, but I did it from my home and told her I was desperate and willing, and she started me on this big book study and got me introduced to vision. And now I identify in, I identify with everything, I totally understand it, and I work a program just as it is written in this book and connect with my higher power more than on a daily basis all throughout the day. Um, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mo H. Now, Kaylee R., followed by Kathleen O. Hi, I'm Kaylee R. in Northern California, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm so grateful for these meetings. I have been struggling lately to go to physical in-person meetings, and uh, this was suggested by my sponsor, and I have been on the calls every day for the past few days, and I did some of the listening. So I'm super grateful. I'm still fairly new to the meetings. I've been in the rooms for two years. So with that, I will talk about the reading. Uh, The quote that really 
came out to me was someone had pushed a drink my way and I had taken it. When I first read this book a couple years ago, that was one of the things I highlighted and I wrote next to it, free food. All my life, anytime there was free food, I was interested in eating it. And it didn't matter whether it was my favorite food or I didn't like it. It was free, so I wanted to eat it. Um, and it was, I work at a place that I can get free food all the time. And it's crazy that this is still an issue. I There are days where I have the willpower and the the willingness to pray to my higher power to help me get through the day. More the willingness, not the willpower. And then there are days similar to yesterday where it was like I was white knuckling it and I wasn't praying and I was trying to use my own willpower and control the situation and that doesn't work. And I know that. Um, I need I need this program to be reminded that my way isn't the way that works. And just and then in the second paragraph, one day I walked into a cafe to telephone. In no time, I was beating on the bar, asking myself how it happened. And that's exactly how it happens for me. It's like one day I have the willingness and so connected and everything's going great. And then the next day, one little thing happens and my old habits come in and I turn to food for for the solution. I feel like food will make everything all better. And you would think I'd know by now that that's not how it works. Um, but progressive illness and a disease of forget forgetting and forgetfulness and I have this disease. Um, and so I'm just very, very grateful to be on these calls and I appreciate all the outreach I've received so far. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Kaylee R. Kathleen O, followed by Barbara E. Thank you, Sylvia. Good morning. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And, oh my gosh, this paragraph, I could, it, it is my, it was my life. Um, uh, sorry. I tried again. Some time passed and confidence began to replace by cocksureness. I could laugh at the gin mills. Now I had what it takes. And then before he knows it, he's beating on the bar asking how it happened. And then as he's, you know, he's he's going on a binge and then tells himself he'd, he'd manage better next time, but may, may as well get good and drunk now. And, you know, that was my, that was my life story. I, I couldn't control the food and I'd eventually get some resolve and say, okay, this diet's going to work. And, I did this um, pay and way, and I must have tried it 20 times, but one time it actually worked. And, um, and I thought, yay, I've arrived. I've got this figured out. You know, I, I was, I, I was, I knew I had it lit and, and yay, yay for me. Right. And, <laughs> and then before I knew it, I was eating and, and it, it just, it, it always baffled me it's like how did i get here again and once i started i thought well you know t tomorrow's another day um i'll i'll go on i'll start it again tomorrow but i may as well just binge my brains out now and and of course tomorrow never came the monday never came went through all the holidays kept saying i do it after the holidays it would take years sometimes before i could 
muster up enough resolve and, and try again. And I was successful many times, but I was unsuccessful many times. And, you know, I mean, food was the solution to all my problems. I didn't realize I had an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. And Bill didn't either at this point. You know, he didn't have, he didn't realize the, the solution was um, finding, you know, a power greater than himself. And I didn't either. And, you know, I, I finally had to concede. I, I, I remember I would, I would wish on birthday cakes um, to be thin and then proceed to eat the biggest piece of birthday cake. Um, and I remember when my mom passed away, I said, you know, mom, um, you know, if, if you see God, you know, can you help me out here? You know, I, I'd really like to, you know, figure this out. And I didn't even believe in God, but I told my mom to go ask God that. And I don't know, but shortly after that, I did find 12-step recovery. So there are miracles. And maybe my mom was up there helping out. But, um, you know, I had to finally concede to my innermost self that I was a compulsive overeater, you know, that I couldn't stay stopped when I when I did stop. And I and um, once I started, I couldn't stop. And so this is really about, it's not just about doing the steps. It's about living them a day at a time. And and as long as I do that, I get some relief from this. And my head just isn't crazy. You know, life isn't crazy. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. And Barbara E. Good morning. Hi, this is Barbara E. from New Jersey. Thank you so much for giving me this time. I just wanted to say that I identify in with everything that I've heard so far. My condolences. This is so hard for people who've lost loved ones. I know from my own experience. Um, I was under the delusion that once I dieted myself thin, I could take back my control. I did it over and over and over again. So if you're out there and you're suffering and you're desperate, this is the perfect time. I had 12 sizes in my closet. I could have opened this store. I would lose the weight, buy something new, and never get to take the labels off because I immediately thought, I've got this. I've got this. The delusion that I could do it that I could take that first impulsive bite that turned into a compulsive bite and it wouldn't stop at midnight. It wouldn't stop in the morning. I would have the firm resolve to begin again and my car would pull into a Burger King or a McDonald's or yes, I was the one who went to Dunkin' Donuts for coffee and never bought coffee a dozen donuts eaten all on the way home, followed by a complete dinner with my family. I hid food in the closets. I hid it under the bed. I ate in the bathroom. I kept it in the trunk of my car. I was a walking disaster. Finally, I crawled into OA, desperate, desperate for anything, and that was two decades ago. So if you're desperate, this is it. This is the time to say enough is enough. Smash that insanity. Get with reality. This is not fiction. It is a textbook. And it works. For a woman who never believed in God, I believe in a higher power. I really do. And with that gratefulness, I wish you all a happy holiday 
and I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, a reminder that we are on page five, the fifth paragraph. We read for two paragraphs, and I can take a list. Susan B. Sherry K. B. Susan B. Okay, I've got Sherry. I've got Susan B. Sherry K. Chris K. Chris K. Chris K. Wendy M. Uh, Wendy M. Millie D. Millie D. Marcy. Marcy D. Marcy D. Okay. Okay. I'm missing someone who's trying to get in. So I've got Susan B. If if you've already checked in, go. If you've already checked in, mute your line. I've got so much noise I could barely hear who's checking in. So Susan B, Sherry K B, Chris K, Wendy M, Millie D, Marcy D. I had someone else that I missed, and then Roz D. So I've missed you. Tell me your name. Do we have anybody? Oh. Go ahead. Lisa S. <laughs> I have some Lisa poor person trying to get in in there. Yes, I've got Lisa. Lisa. Who is who's trying to get in there? Okay. Well, I've missed you about four times. I apologize. Okay. Susan B. Sherry K. B. Chris K. Wendy M. Millie D. Marcy D. Uh, Roz D. And Lisa S. I, we won't get to everyone probably, but we'll see. So let's start with Susan B. And then Sherry K. B. Susan B, star one. Give oh, hi. I didn't realize you had muted. I, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. Yep. Um, Susan okay. B, a grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive overeater. And you said we're on page five. Could you just point out the paragraph again? Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. There have been no fights. There it is. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, thank you. Um, so this is my first time sharing. Um, it's a little daunting to try to get in there, but I'm glad I did. Um, I've been in, um, I, on December 27th, if I face abstinent with food one day at a time, I'll have 20 years of back-to-back abstinence. However, that means that was, 19, that was 1997, but I came into program in 1986. And I just want to say one thing, because I'm, I'm loving everything I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm pretty new to Vision for You. Um, I had been doing something else within a Readers Anonymous. And um, over the past few years, it hasn't like home. And I've been trying to find another home. And I've been listening to these meetings for a while and so grateful for the uh, support and outreach that, that I've gotten. And I feel like I found my home. Uh, for me, the difference, because I had slipped and slid around from 1985 when I first came in to 1997, and the difference was the big book and working the steps. That that made a difference for me. Um, and and uh, you know that that I remember the other thing that paragraph. I remember you know so well what it used to be like, and I think that's so important that I don't forget. So it's only one day at a time, but you know I just I just kept coming back. I just kept coming back, and it didn't matter. You know, because uh, I knew there was no place else to go. And God knows so many times for me, the space between the thought and picking up was there was no space. And I, it took a long time for me to understand that there is that pause 
where I can make a phone call or do something. But it, it took me so long. But, you know, really, the steps are the key. Otherwise, for many years, for me, this program was just another diet. And, and, and that, it was in a few things. It was the way that I rigorously was working the food side of my program, but it was the spiritual recovery of the steps that um, really turned it around. So, yes, this is a hard time, but this is when I got my abstinence during the holidays. And if that can happen for me, because I was a, a volume binger, I would binge to the point of agony, and then I would binge to numb out from the agony. I mean, I was really a heroin addict with food. And I still would be today, except for the grace of a higher power. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Susan B. Sherry KB, followed by Chris K. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry KB in Northern California, uh, grateful recovered compulsive reader. Thank you so much for your service, Sylvia, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. Um, shortly after I came home and I binged, um, I had no fight. Where was my high resolve? I didn't know. At what had come to mind, someone had pushed something my way or pissed me off, <clears throat> and I decided to take a bite. Was I crazy? Yes, I was. Um, for such appalling lack of perspective, here I'd fought all this time dieting and making it work and doing it my way, and I thought I had, had, I had arrived. I thought I was going to be able to do this. But it took one little thing, and next thing I know, I was face down in the food. Um, the cocksureness of it. You know, here I would laugh at other people, told me I couldn't do this, but I I could do it. I thought I could. Um, I thought I had what it took, um, and I didn't. Um, and next thing I know, I'm going into a bakery to make a call. Why would I go into a bakery to make a call? Why wouldn't I go someplace else that was more safe if I was, you know, not exactly uh, recovered? I can I can walk into a bakery today being recovered and make a call, but not, not when I was running the show my way. Um, you know, ended up binging, being face down in the food. But I thought I could manage better next time. And I and I couldn't, and I never did, and I never will without a power greater than myself and without these steps. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Um, we have about uh, 12 minutes and about six people. So you, um, I, you're going to get your three minutes, but if you want to go short and give some of that time to someone else, that's great. Chris K, followed by Wendy M. This is Chris Kay. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay, good. Okay. Uh, um, When he was at the, uh, I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, Thank you for this meeting and Merry Christmas. I, uh, now, now that I drank and he had like, now that I drank and I might as well drink to oblivion. uh, God gave him a space there. He could have gone home and not drank to oblivion. He said, okay, here you are. Boom, wake up. He could have had just a little bit and gone home. I mean, we have had like where God said, oop, you slipped a little bit. Now you can go home. And you're like, I didn't taste this and this and this and this. So I got to have all that first. And I would say that... Uh, do not put God to the test. I would, when I became abstinent, I wouldn't walk past a bakery. I still do not walk past a bakery. I cross the street and go on the other side of the bakery. 
I would rather go into the bar and make my phone call than walk past a bakery or a cookie store or something. There aren't many bakeries anymore, however. I do not even go near it. Why put God to the test? When people deliver me stuff, I have people to give it away. I have neighbors that don't have food. I, I do not have it on my desk in my house. Uh, people would give it. I had kids, so everybody thought they have a half a cake. We had seniors. People would give them a cake. They'd had two slices, and they'd give it away, and they thought I had kids. So if my kids would have a piece after dinner, and then and it would go to somebody else. I had a friend with a broken microwave, and she put it in the microwave for her kids. She had six kids. I never had it around. My kids knew that we could not have ice cream in the house because it wouldn't be here. I would eat it. So we would only buy ice cream on a birthday. That day, when the party was, it would be eaten and somebody took it home because they knew they wouldn't get any if they didn't, if it didn't go that way. My kids grew up with mom this way. And I pass and I say, do, if we have God, do not put him to the test. He is with me, and I do not put him to the test ever. And I have lots of years of not eating the sugar and the flour and anything that I binge on. Bye. Thank you. Merry Christmas. And, and bless us all. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Chris K. Pass. Wendy Pass. M. Yes, Wendy M followed by Millie D. Uh, yes, good morning. It's Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado, and thank you, God, for the abstinence I have this morning. Sylvia, thank you for your service and everybody else on the line. Great shares today. So the first thing that strikes me in these two paragraphs is the word I. I simply didn't know. I hadn't taken. I tried again. I love that one. I tried again. Uh, I had what it takes. I would manage next time. So when I'm in the I, I'm in self. And what I was told when I first entered um, this book book study is that this book is the death of self. And anytime I pick up the phone and do a 10 step and I'm troubled, it's always because self is involved. And so what this shows me is that mental it is, is what I relate to here is, yeah, me too, Bill. Like, I'm all about self until I make that phone call and somebody reminds me that I'm completely in self and the delusion that self can fix self and it can't. My self is broken. I need to set aside what I think I know. I need to get rid of self so that I can find out what my higher power has in store through all of you. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to mention. The other was, um, okay, the, now, I've, now I had what it takes, right? So when for the first 14 years of OA, I would get skinny. I'm good. Look at me. I look hot. I've got what it takes. I'm good to go. I really don't think I need to do much, but just, you know, diet with group support. And um, that's what it was. That's what it was. And, uh, and I have to watch that even now. Like, oh, I'm in a normal body size. I'm looking good. I really, I don't need to make many calls. I've got what it, what it takes. I'm good to go. That mentality can absolutely um enter my mind and it's always picking up that phone you know even when I'm a little bit distressed you know instead of saying ah, I got this one I think I'm good um, 
Instead, pick up that phone. That what I what I do. What helps me is pick up that phone, tell someone about your whatever it is that's bothering me. Um, whatever my ten steps about. Um, I need to. I need you guys. I need to do that. I can't rest on. I'm good to go. I look fine. Um, and then um, the other piece here. It says here. Um, I might as well get good and drunk then. And you know what, you guys? I didn't even care. I had a resistance to life. I was not going to take my life, but I was just going to sort of like eat, just eat, just eat and eat. That that was my activity. That was my hobby. That's all I did. And I did that because I didn't want to be here, but I didn't have the courage to or the whatever to take my life. So when it says I might as well get good and drunk then, absolutely, I might as well eat then, you know, because what's the point? I mean, that's really was my mentality before program big time. Um, and with that, I'm, oh, and one last thing that just also his mentality, like better next, better next time, you know, like that denial and delusion. I had to lie to myself. I had to continually lie to myself and tell myself lies um, about my eating because all I want to do is get something in my mouth. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy M. Millie D, followed by Marcy D. This is Millie D in San Diego. May I be heard? Yes. Okay. So what comes to my mind is that, is that it hadn't even come to mind. Someone had pushed a drink my way and I had taken it. Was I crazy? I, um, the last diet I was on before I came back to Overeaters Anonymous, I had lost, oh, about 85 of the 100 pounds that I wanted to lose. And I was at work. I'm a hairstylist. And I work with these really good-looking, skinny women. And... Um, one of them had, had gotten a box of what they call the happy habit here in Southern California and had passed one t- to me. You know, I said, Millie, would you like one? And I said, oh, no, no, Jackie, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want one. She said, oh, but you've been so good. And a little thing went off in my head, and I thought, you know, she must know. Look how skinny she is, and she eats this stuff all the time. And I took one. And I am not the kind of a compulsive overeater that would then go fill a basket at the grocery store with a bunch of stuff. I'm more this sliver, slice, slab, slob type person. And a week later, I thought, you know, maybe I can have one more of those. I seem to have this lick this time. I know I have a problem with sugar, but if I control it, I think I'll be okay. And, you know, five years later, I came up for air. And my 100 pounds was back plus. And, you know, I, I was off to the races again. You know, it, it, the, that one little piece rose to my head, like it says here. As the whiskey rose to my head, I told myself I could manage better this time. But I might as well get good and drunk then, and I did. And, you know, that's the kind of compulsive overeater I am. When I take a bite of my alcoholic food, especially sugar, now, I, I don't come up for air for years and years and years. It's, it's um, you know, but with this program, it's been, it'll be 16 years in February since I have done anything even remotely close to that. And I am so grateful for this program, and I'm so grateful for the vision for you that has really got me back into studying this textbook um, one day at a time like it's supposed to be. And I thank you all for being there and uh, helping 
need to remember because I'm one of those quick forgetters. And I hope you all have a happy holiday. I'll pass. Thank you, Millie D. And Marcy D. Uh, we might have time for you, Roz D, but probably not, but Marcy D. Hi, um, my name is Marcy D. And I'm from Northern California. And I'm a compulsive overeater, uh, recovering on the way to being recovered, I, sh- I hope, I pray. And I just want to say that the words cunning, baffling, and powerful are so evident here, and especially the word cunning. And it's like it makes normal thinking like not be normal. And I'm reminded of in a lot of folk literature, there's always an animal who's the trickster, who's always like fooling people and kind of playing around with their minds. And that's that's what happens to me. That's what's always happened to me. And I have just celebrated a 78-year-old birthday, and um, I've been around a lot of food. You know, people have um, taken me to dinners and lunches, and this time, every time I prayed before I went because I can get so tricked, especially in restaurants where the taste of some things with oil can trigger sensitive taste buds in me. And I have been abstinent and sane throughout this whole experience, and I have vision and God to thank for this. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sylvia. Thank you, Marcy D. And, Rossi, do you want to get in there for one minute? Hi, this is Roz. I'll just say that I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'll just say that I dieted with group support for all of the years that I was in OA. No matter what, as I look back, I, what I judged my recovery by was my size, not by my relationships and my spiritual connectedness with God. And um, today, you know, I well, I used to go to potlucks and think, well, Eh, I'm going to have just one, and oh, what the heck, I already had one. I'm just going to go ahead and have everything else. And today I know I can't do that. I cannot, no matter what size I am, because I have a spiritual malady that is dependent upon a daily reprieve. And thank you. I hope that's one minute. I pass. Nicely done, Rosdy. And with apologies to Lisa S., that's all the time we have uh, for sharing. Thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to Team Wednesday. And um, please stick around for after the recording, and we will greet newcomers and get sponsors and announcements. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And would Mo H. please read 164? Uh, Yes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.